So God does reveal himself as being reliable to us. Are we reliable and faithful to the things that God wants us to do? Mm. When there's a race to be run, people of God, the wise runner must make careful preparations for that race. The same is true in a spiritual race as well. We will never reach our fullest potential for Jesus until we are willing to make the preparations and the sacrifices that are necessary for us to run in our race. So here we are, back at the scripture. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1b and verse 2a. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin with thus so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Hmm. Lay aside all weights. Weight is not necessarily sin all the time, people of God. Sometimes weights can just be stuff. This refers to a runner who, uh, who makes sure that all of his extra weights have been removed from his body. Now, a 300-pound man isn't ready to run a marathon, I don't believe. But in the spiritual arena, that means that anything that hinders our walk with God is just stuff. It's a weight. It will hinder us from serving the Lord. It speaks of things that are innocent in and of themselves. But when they slow you down in your Christian race for the Lord, they are weights. And anytime you have a weight or anything that will hold you back, stop you, or slow you down, it's got to go. The list of these weights and things and stuff, it can be endless. But here's just a few of these names. Seeking inter entertainment instead of fellowshiping and communing with God. Seeking possessions and things of this world instead of seeking God. Giving our attention to things like music and television shows and movie and all of those things that don't focus our minds on the Lord. So in short, this refers to anything that does not build us up in or make us stronger in the Lord. Now, there's nothing wrong with, with uh, you know, uh, television and music and movies and all of those things, but things that will keep us away from the Lord, it's just stuff. Those are weights, and those are the things that will hold you back. You decide to stay home from a Bible study. You decide to stay home from a fellowship. You decide to stay home from a church event or decide to stay home on a Sunday morning just to be able to watch an event on TV or go to the mall or do some other types of entertainment and all of those things. That's stuff, and you have to let go of that stuff. Lay aside all sins. So the author encourages his readers to get rid of those besetting sins. Besetting sins are those things that will entangle you. So those things refer to that which clings to you like a leech. Things that distract and entangle and trip you up. So this is the picture of a man who is trying to run a race while he's dressed in a long flowing robe of those days. It would be easy for him to be tripped up and to fall out of the race if he were trying to run. None of you ladies would be adept at running with a long flowing dress or a long flowing skirt on. The first thing you would do would be hike up your skirt tail and you'd beat feet and get in the wind. But it's dangerous running down a flight of stairs with a suitcase under each arm. 
But it's even worse to be running with your ankles in chains, people of God. And that's what sin does. That's what weights will do. They will slow you down. They can be dangerous to you. And good things become bad things if they slow you down. Hello, somebody. I have to say that again. Good things become bad things if they slow you down. But sin just trips you up. It will entangle you. It will trip you and prevent you from finishing your race. I heard about a woman who dreamed the rapture was taking place. And much to her bewilderment, while everyone else was zooming up, it was a struggle for her to get even 20 feet off the ground. And looking down, she saw that she had a problem. Around her ankle was tied a rope. And the end of that rope was tied to all of her furniture. And when she woke up, she realized that the Lord was telling her that she was tied down by all of her possessions. Hello, somebody. Glory be to God. So if we're going to run in the race, that the Lord has set before us, we have to run with patience, people of God. Patience paints for us a picture of a runner who is settling down and settling in for the long haul. But it's not a picture of somebody that's just sitting back and waiting to see what's going to come their way in life. It's an active word. Patience is an active word that tells each of us and it tells us and it speaks of a person who has a spirit in them that will stand up and face the trials of life. When you are a patient person, when you have perseverance, you're not willing to back down from anything that the enemy sends you away. You're going to stand in there and be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You are going to stand in the whole armor of God. Persons. With patience goes forth and he runs at trouble. He conquers it and he overcomes it in the power of the Lord. And anybody that runs their race with patience and perseverance is able to face his trials because he knows that the Lord has brought it to him for his own good and for his glory. Hello. Write that down. Romans chapter 8 verse 28. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Christian race gives us endurance. Hallelujah. And I want you to notice some wording here in the scripture. It says, the race that is set before us. We each have our own race to run, people of God. All right. And that ought to challenge all of us to remember some things when it comes to the word of God. Each of us, we have our own race to run. That is, you can't run in my lane, and I can't run in your lane. And I am convinced that the cause of Jesus Christ has been hindered by anybody who refuses to run in their own lane, and they end up hindering everybody else around them. But we are not in a competition. But we are on the same team, people of God. My job is not to outrun you. My job is to run for Jesus. I'm supposed to run the race that he has planned for me to the best of my ability. And our course has already been individually designed for each and every one of us. The race you are running, it has already been prepared just for you. 
And the best thing that all of us can do is run our race to the best of our God-given abilities, people of God. Nothing, nothing is acceptable except running and running hard for Jesus. That means walking fast is unacceptable. Jogging is unacceptable. Lagging behind is unacceptable. Showing little concern for the finish line is unacceptable. So the point is, for each and every one of us, for every preacher, every elder, every minister, every deacon, every deaconess, every prayer warrior, every, every praise and worship leader, for every layman, every child of God, we all have to run as diligently as a runner would run at the Olympic Games. And every saint of God must put on the same kind of effort if we ever want to reach the finish line. Now let's go back just a little bit here. Notice in verse 2a, it tells us that we are to run looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Plainly put, that means we are to see Jesus as our focal point while we run the race that we have been given by God. You see, Jesus, he ran his race, and he ran it well. He finished the course that was laid out for him. And now, Jesus is the one who stands as a supreme champion in the race of life. In fact, he is the race judge. The race judge was a man who called the race. He decided who was disqualified and who was the one who was running well. So while we, people of God, while we run, we can't look at other runners because that will distract us and cause us to be defeated. We can't look at circumstances because doing that, it's gonna result in distraction and defeat. Our eyes always have to be focused on the one who started us on this race and the one who will greet us at the end of it by saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Our primary duty, people of God, while we run is to look to Jesus. Anything less is going to spell disaster for every one of you who are running this Christian race. So as we run this race, and as we look to Jesus, the author goes on to tell us several things about his race that we are to look to that are going to help us as we run the race that we have been assigned. Here they are here. To be, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 3. Who? For the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. The course that Jesus ran, it wasn't easy. But he knew that on the other side of the finish line, there was joy that waited there for him. And I believe that God the Father gave his son Jesus a sneak preview of this joy, even as Jesus hung on the cross. You see, when one of the two thieves who hung on the other side of Jesus said, remember me when you come into your kingdom, it was as if the father gave his son a taste of the joy that would be his when he entered into his kingdom. For it says here in verse 3, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind. 
All of us need to consider Jesus. Consider Jesus who endured the opposition of sinners. He was drenched in their spittle. He was pelted with their curses. He was beaten with their fists. And he was crowned with their thorns. His was a hard race that began with rejection and ended in pain on a cross. His was a race that led him around the track that was lined with hatred and bitterness and opposition and the desire for people that wanted to see him dead. His race was a race that set the perfect example of how a race should be run. His race in which he never faltered. He never thought about even giving up. He never lost sight of the goal and he never quit running until the goal had been achieved. So people of God, when you are the one that feels like quitting, just look to Jesus and consider the race that he ran for you and for me. Then I'm saying to you people, after you've considered Jesus, then run people, run, 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 run on for God. Hallelujah. Sometimes we sweat because we go through things, because we go through situations in our lives, but we have never, never, ever sweat like Jesus did. Because in the Garden of Gethsemane, knowing the cross was awaiting him and the challenge was before him, Jesus prayed with such intensity, with such vigor, with such emotion, that the capillaries in his forehead burst, causing blood to flow down his face. Had he chosen to, he could have backed out at this point, but instead he prayed, and not my will, but thine be done. Therefore, because Jesus wrestled with his own ability to choose perhaps the pain of Gethsemane, perhaps that it was in some way even greater than the pain of the cross. But the Bible tells us here that Jesus ran for the joy that was set before him. Where is the joy in going to the cross? Where is the joy in dying like a common criminal, I ask? Where is the joy in being rejected by people you love? For Jesus, the joy was in what would happen when he finished his race. For him, the joy was the day of redemption that would bring about for him the salvation of all believers. The joy for him was the day when he would be in heaven with the redeemed of all ages, the joy for him was the day, hallelujah, when he would reclaim the glory that he had shared with the Father from eternity past. The joy for him was the day when there would be a new heaven and a new earth where all the redeemed of the Lord would be worshiping the Father together. It was a day of joy for him because he knew that it was a day of salvation and it would be ultimately completed and sin would be forever destroyed and Satan would be forever banished, and perfect righteousness would rule in the hearts of all men who would receive Jesus. That's why Jesus ran. He was able to look past the cross. Are you able to look past the idiosyncrasies of people that are around you, people of God, and look to Jesus? Jesus was able to despise the shame he was able to think beyond everything that he would be called upon to face everything that he would have to deal with in this world. And he was able to see you. And he was able to see me. He ran his race for all of us, people of God. We are the ones 
that motivated the heart of the Savior to go to the cross and die for all of us. So all of us need to come to the place where we are able to look beyond situations and circumstances of life and see the day when we too will be home with our Lord. Oh, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Glory be to God. I say glory be to God. Hallelujah. That ought to be able to give you a second win to help you to be able to run your race with patience. Jesus, he ran well. And when he finished, he sat down with the Father in his throne. You see, Jesus knew where he was headed. That made it a little easier for him to run the race. And you know what? The same thing is true for you and for me. When we are able to get a heavenly vision, it makes the race that much more bearable. But it's all a matter of perspective anyway. Do you see barriers or do you see blessings? Do you see stumbling blocks or do you see stepping stones? What is your vision? Verse 3 tells us that Jesus endured much to finish his race. Hey, he suffered more than you and I could ever imagine. Let me give you a little list of some of the things that he went through in his life. He was born to an unwed mother. He was born in a stable. He wasn't born to wealthy parents. His life was threatened as a baby. His birth was the cause of terrible suffering. He was moved around as a baby. He was raised in a despicable town called Nazareth. His father died when he was young. He had to support his family. He had no home and no place to lay his head. He was hated and he was opposed by others. He was even charged with insanity. He was charged with demon possession. He was opposed by his family. He was rejected, hated, and opposed by the audiences who even came to hear him speak. He was betrayed by one of his close friends. He was left alone and rejected and forsaken by all of those who were in his inner circle. And he was tried before the high court of the land, and he was tried and convicted of treason, and he was executed as a common criminal by means of crucifixion. Have any of you ever suffered to that degree? Probably not. That is why we are told to compare our sufferings with his when we just feel like giving up. Jesus endured until the end, so that we might be saved. Jesus is the one who stands as our example. Therefore, all of us, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. You see, Jesus has already been around the track. That is why he is able to help each and every one of us run our race. So my question to you is, let me ask you this. How is your race progressing how goes it with you do you need encouragement today let me challenge you to get your eyes back on Jesus stop looking at all the other runners stop looking at the circumstances through which they are running look to Jesus right now get rid of those weights strip off the besetting sins and make up your mind that you are going to run your race with patience the author of Hebrews paints an awesome picture of our spiritual observers 
who motivate and instruct us to persevere in our faith. Let your minds go with me. The scene is a great coliseum. The occasion is a foot race. It's a distance event. The contestants include the author and the members of his flock, and even by faith, all of us as well. And this cloud of witnesses that fills this stadium are the great spiritual athletes of the past. Hall of Fame members they were. Every one of them is a gold medal winner. They're not live witnesses of the event, but they are witnesses by the fact that their past lives bear witness and testimony to their persevering faith. Everywhere you look in this large arena, there is a kind face who is nodding encouragement, saying, I did it, and so can you. You can do it. You have my life for it, people of God. Moses is there, and Moses scratches his long beard and he smiles. And Rahab is there, and she winks and gives you that royal wave. And your heart now begins to pump faster and your blood pressure gets elevated and your, your face begins to get flushed and you have butterflies in your stomach and with all of your being, you want to do well for all of this great cloud of witnesses that are looking and smiling at you. So what do you do? I'm closing and this is what you do. We each have a specific course that has been mapped out for us. And the course for each one of us is unique. For some, the course is relatively straight. For some, there are all turns on their course. For others, their course seems to be all uphill. And for some, their course seems to be very flat like a hiking path. But every course is long, but some are longer. But the glory of this is, each one of us, no exceptions, can finish the race that has been marked out for us, people of God. I may not be able to run your course, and you might find my course impossible, but I can finish my race, and you can finish yours. Amen, somebody. All of us can finish well if we choose to rely on Jesus, who is our strength and our God. The apostle Paul, as he was nearing the finish line, he said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, 4 verses 6 through 8, for I am now ready to be offered, and the, the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Yeah. This is what the Message Bible says. This is the only race worth running. I've run hard right to the finished, and I believe God all the way, and all that's left now is the shouting and God's applause. Depend on it. He's an honest judge. He'll do right, not only by me, but for everyone that's eager for his coming. 
So as I go to my seat, people of God, I encourage you to stay in the great race and finish strong, people of God, finish strong for God. Do you receive it today? Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise and glory in here. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to today's message. Visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events. 